Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Christy Hyunwon Choi, Director of Binance Labs, which is the investment arm of Binance, and your host today. Today, we'll be talking about blockchain gaming, which is one of the biggest themes and perhaps the worst field these days in crypto, with all major blockchains and layer two solutions jumping out, seeking for applications and adoption in gaming. So, today, I have a very, very special guest with me, Vincent Niu, founder of Dapp Review. Hey, everyone. Hey, Christy. I'm Vincent from Dapp Review. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, Christy. Thank you, Vincent. So, yeah, let's get started with you. Um, Dapp Review has now become like the go to place for all dApps for users to get insights, and you are the founder of Dapp Review. Before we dive into gaming,、um, do you mind introducing yourself and Dapp Review a bit? Yeah, sure. So, Dapp Review is basically a data driven Dapp platform. So, we collect all kinds of data from different public chains and then doing some analytics, aggregate the data by Dapps, by contracts, by users, and to provide、um, different interesting analytics and insights to people who are really interested in the Dapp market. So, now we have been tracking nearly like 3,500 Dapps data、uh, across 11 public chains. And on top of that, we also play an important role to connect those Dapp developers to some resources like wallets, exchange media, and other investors. We help some of the Dapp team to finish their fundraising as a financial advisor. And personally, for me, I'm really a hardcore gamer.、Um, and I have nearly a thousand games on Steam, and I literally own all the game consoles. Um, released in the last 20 years. And I play all kinds of games. And also, I went to game develop conference like every year. So I'm really into games. Wow. Yeah. From what you're saying, I really can see how heavy, hardcore game developer yourself is. I'm also a heavy gamer myself growing up in、um, Korea and still an avid player of PUBG. I guess leading investment within Binance, we also see a lot of you know, public chains. Going after games, a lot of game developers jumping into crypto to build blockchain games. And this scene is really, really being heated up, at least among the crypto folks. But Vincent, as a hardcore gamer yourself,、um, starting from traditional games and to crypto, building a crypto, I guess, startup yourself. But stepping back from the gaming industry, where do you really see this、uh, blockchain games really going? Yeah, so this is really an、uh, interesting question because, from the both traditional gaming industry and also the crypto side, people are talking about this question for like a year. Technically, blockchain games is not a real category in the traditional game industry. We usually say a game is a role playing game or strategy games, puzzle games. They are the、uh, categories based on the gameplay interaction. Also, we use The platform to cl- classify the games like mobile game, PC game, console games. So, blockchain itself is a technology word、uh, which behind the scene. People never use a technology word to name a game. So, I guess for blockchain games, we are using this terminology currently.、Uh, it's because this market is still in very, very early stage and、uh, it's something. Brand new and really interesting.、Um, so, developers are actively exploring the opportunities and possibilities of putting blockchain elements in their games. 
So in the long run, I think blockchain technology uh, will be a tool that developers can use to choose to use or not. But the main purpose is to enrich the game experience for players, for users, just like other technologies. So it's not a new category, but it definitely will be something behind lots of games for the mainstream gamers. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Given that, you know, we don't call PUBG a mobile slash desktop game, but we categorize by the game, I guess, the features and the type of game. Talking about PUBG, I think PUBG itself becomes actually a new category. There's so many new games that are saying, okay, it's a PUBG style game. So it's mm -hmm. just because PUBG has a unique gameplay. So that's why mm -hmm. we use that as a kind of a new category. Yeah. At the end of the day, blockchain is not what the users are interacting with. And arguably, it's just an infrastructure that enables different gaming environments and features. I mean, we all play games because it's fun. I, I play PUBG because it's fun and to have winter dinner, chicken dinner, and not because of other factors. So, But at the same time, I guess people are getting excited about blockchain gaming because blockchain does enable a lot of different things and people have been dreaming about. I want to ask you, what are the things blockchain exactly enables? Yeah, so I talked to lots of people um, over the last year. We have been talking about this, what real value blockchain can bring to games. I also wrote a really long article on Medium discussing the concepts like the true ownership of in-game assets, um, verifiable uh, scarcity of the items, and the transparency and fairness for you know some treasure mm -hmm. box in okay. the games, and also the uh, player-owned economy, which never happened. Actually, there's some game have the in-game economy, but not a lot. And the native secondary markets for trading the game items. So these ideas are the real value blockchains can add it into games. But some of the concepts, they are not entirely new for the traditional game industry, like the marketplace. It has always existed in games like uh, World of Warcraft and Second Life. So Steam is the largest in-game item marketplace. There are millions of dollars trading every day in CSGO or PUBG or in Dota 2 in this market. Right. But then what are the current challenges that blockchain games are really seeing that makes us far from achieving what we want to achieve through blockchain games? Yeah, I guess uh, we can go deep into some of the features I mentioned um, before, like the secondary market. So I think firstly, not all the content creator in, um, in some games, which typically have some uh, UCG content. So the content creator will mm -hmm. not be able to participate in the economy by creating the unique items and then selling the items to other players. And they cannot benefit financially from them. But with blockchain token economy, it's possible to create a unique revenue model and the opportunity to share the revenue with all the participants. And then, and secondly, I think building up a native marketplace in the game is cost a lot of efforts and resources for most of the games. Uh, for the large game with really big budget, that's fun. But for most of game, it's not possible. But blockchain actually lowered the barrier to, to entry this 
uh, area. And now you can see there are lots of blockchain games that are using OpenSea, which is one of the largest uh, NFT, the non-fungible token exchange. People are using OpenSea as their supported third-party marketplace for trading their items in the form of non-fungible tokens rather than building up their own exchange. It's really easy to integrate to OpenSea and all your items are in your wallets, not in separate games. Uh, so in Steam, you have like um, mm -hmm. weapons mm -hmm. on PUBG, in CSGO, though they are all in Steam. But if you play some games, which is outside the Steam platform, you have your weapons in another platform. So it's not in one place, you have to log in different places to trading your items. But now in blockchain, you can treat everything just in one place. It's really convenient for the gamers. And so I think that's one really interesting example for the markets. We can talk more on other values like transparency and fairness and some player owned economy. But if we think about these features from a really higher level, uh, they all serve for the gamers, the players, to provide a really better and unique game experience. Yeah, I cannot agree more that this is all about enhancing you know, gaming experience and with all the unnecessary steps that currently blockchain gamers need to deal with. You know, just recognizing the needs of a wallet, the long and really complicated address that you see in these wallets, you basically need to educate the users that you need to deposit and withdraw in and out for the tokens. And of course, not to mention all the infrastructure and the technical problems regarding the performance and the time to finality that the users will interact. There are a lot of technical challenges in terms of the user experience. As you know, one of the key features of blockchain games that I see a lot again and again from the recent projects are that the game, gaming assets are tradable. And at the core, it is the NFTs that you have briefly mentioned just before now. And lots of blockchain games are using these NFTs or so-called non-fungible tokens for the in-game items as one of the major selling points. And some developers seem to be very bullish about this concept. Uh, I'm wondering what's your take on NFTs? Yeah, so... NFTs is actually a new form of digital assets uh, in the game industry. It makes in-game items just like the items you have in reality. In the traditional games in which the items and weapons you bought are stored in centralized servers, what you bought is actually not an asset. It's more like a service. So it's like you bought the right to use these certain mm -hmm. items in these games for a certain period of times, typically before the game server shut down. So once the game stopped running, the service you bought come to an end. You can't access your item anymore and it's just gone. So NFT actually changed this. Once you bought an NFT, it belongs to you and stayed in your wallets. But there are some misunderstandings on the values of NFTs. I saw many projects, they are shitting their NFT values with the features like uniqueness, the true ownership kind of thing. I really don't think the main value of right. NFTs come from those features. There are many papers they are discussing the motivation of players, uh, why they are buying game items. Some of the evidence and results from empirical study show that 
the main factors that players want to purchase a game item are the following. There are four of them. Firstly, the functionality value, which means with this item, my character will be more powerful. I could increase my game character level very quickly. And secondly, the visual authority value, which is uh, my character looks more fashionable or I could make a better impression to others if we have this really fancy clothes, something like that. And thirdly, the character identification. It means when I play the game with this item, I feel almost just like these game characters. And lastly, the monetary value. It means you think this item actually worth more than what you cost. So the uniqueness and the ownership add some extra values for sure uh, for the NFT items. But the most important two factors are the functionality value and visual authority value for gamers. So my point is that the value of NFT is backed by the really fun gameplay, not by the native feature of NFT itself. Right, right. Thanks for clarifying the functions of the NFTs. There are a lot of NFT-based games, CryptoKitties, boosted up the interest or the hype about blockchain gaming in the beginning as well. But what are some of the recent interesting experiments happening within the NFT space that you see? Yeah, the NFT I'm talking about in the last question are mostly ERC-1701, which is one mm-hmm. uh, token standard on Ethereum. And there's another one which is really interesting and worth mentioning is ERC-1155. It's introduced by engine CTO Vitek Radomski. So it's a more comprehensive token standard, especially for game items. So the most creative feature of ERC-1155 is that when you mint an item, you can put some engine coins into this item. So which means this item is basically backed by a token and a listed token. So it worth real money. Anytime the token holder, they can choose to melt this item and withdraw the engine coin. So here, engine coin becomes something like a material to create an item. Just like in real world, if you want to make a sword, you probably need some iron to make a sword. So it makes the ERC-1155 tokens to have a production cost. So I really like this idea because in this way, if developers want to issue a really rare and unique item, rather than just making up some like fancy description or some really fancy name, it's better to back in the item with more engine coins. Uh, that works better. So in the second market, this item actually have the price support, which basically is just how much you put into with the engine coin. I see. So essentially, each of the NFTs are backed by the engine coin. So it has a sustainable or tangible collateral that's backing. But I would say that's only good when engine coin also has intrinsic value and is supporting the ecosystem. But cool. I think so. Yeah, I guess if they use stablecoin, that would be better. It's a really something like a cost to creating a crypto item because you backed with a stablecoin, it worth a, yep. it worth some yep. price. Got it. As you know, DAP review um, tracking over three thousand five hundred DAPs. You said running eleven public chains. A lot of public chains are going after blockchain games and blockchain gamers. 
How would you compare the different public blockchains? They're all creating tools that enable blockchain gamers or developers to easily create games and even providing zero transaction fees, um, creating ecosystem funds to fund these projects. I see a lot of major games coming out of eChange and a lot of game developers also ask me which chains they should build their game on top of. How would you compare these different public chains and what are the interesting phenomenons that you see? Um, there's more than 11 public chains doing dApps actually, so we are integrating more chains in the next month. So I think uh, for now, Ethereum, EOS, Tron, they are the three top leading public chains have the most devs and right. most games there. And the other public chains, they start doing their ecosystem probably later last year and early this year, they just started. They have probably 28 or 30 um, devs, which is relatively still a small market if you compare to Ethereum or EOS or Tron because uh, Ethereum has the most devs running on the public chain, more than 1,500. And on EOS and Tron, they both have around like 500 dApps. So I think Ethereum, Tron, and EOS, the best example we can talk about, uh, we can compare. So on Ethereum, it has the best and most comprehensive developer tools and all the infrastructures. Okay. It's definitely the first choice for most developers. For developers, I talk to a lot of them and uh, what they need is just two things. One is users. So how many users is your public chain crypto holders? So that's one right. key problem because any dApps, they need users to use. They need the players to play with, to interact with the dApps. So for many crypto holders, they are believers. They only believe like one chain or two another chains. If they don't believe this public chain, they never hold the cryptos. So the key issue is when developers choose a chain to develop their dApps, one key factor is the users and the other one is how is the developed tools look like. Right. So mm -hmm. for some newly published blockchain, which their mainnet just launched for several months, they don't have really good infrastructure for the mm -hmm. developers to do something. And some of them, they even complained to me that I followed all the tutorial, but I cannot deploy a contract. So that's really, uh, <laughs> that's really funny. And so anytime when I talk to the blockchain developers, I ask them to start from Ethereum or Tron or EOS as a starter. And then you have the time and opportunity to explore with other public chains to see who has more advantage because you know some different public chains they have different focus so i guess the answer is for developers they need users and really good development environment and for public chains i think they really need to have some incentive plans to attract the yep. developers to build up something on top of them correct yeah i feel like it's more like a competition amongst the public blockchains trying to attract as many and most talented gaming developers as possible um, competing each other because it's basically the game developers choice rather than the public chains choice and they're competing over a limited resources so that that is an interesting phenomenon that i personally see after 
um, interacting with the public chain founders and also the gaming developers. But at the same time, you talked about the user base, how, how many users each of these public chains have are kind of the key metrics that the gaming developers are looking into. I think this the chance for the newly um, launched blockchains are really about whether and how they will attract the non-crypto people outside of the crypto zone, I would say, already, wow. how to onboard them to the games. I think that is the biggest challenge the current blockchain gaming space is facing, that it's essentially just the crypto users who are already pretty much hardcore crypto people who've been jumping around different blockchain games and are already familiar with all the wallets and how to interact with MetaMask and stuff, are now pretty much saturated. And we now are looking into, we're talking about adoption because we want to bring adoption from people who are not in blockchain yet and want them to play game because it's fun, not because it's blockchain. So. I guess that's an interesting thing that we would want to see and how that'll happen a long time. Yeah, I really um, want to yeah. add something about the uh, user entry barrier. So you mentioned before, mm -hmm. because really the real example is last year, I talked to one of my friends uh, who is um, doing the traditional game development. So he developed a traditional game for like 10 years and he has no any knowledge about blockchain and the cryptos. So last February, I talked to him and I introduced him to the blockchain world. I spent like two hours to explain what is blockchain, what is Bitcoin, what is Ethereum and all the basics and stuff. He thought it's really interesting and and it could be something to do to integrate some blockchain elements in their games. But I told him that now it's really hard to attract the users from the massive mainstream market because the user barrier is really high. So he asked me why. And then I asked him, okay, could you do me a favor? I gave you two hours. I don't give you any help. You just use Google and I want to see whether you can buy a CryptoKitties in two hours. He is a developer and he knows tech stuff. So he spent literally like one and a half hour to get understand, okay, what is a wallet? What is the private key and uh, how to install the Chrome plugin and then bought some tokens to some transfers to transfer his tokens from the exchange wallet to his MetaMask wallet. And then he finished all the purchase of the kitties. So it takes him like one half hour. And then he said, oh my God, it's really hard to attract the users because now for the mainstream users, they just use a email or they just use a mobile phone number. And to register an account, it takes like five seconds. That's really something prevent the blockchain application from the massive adoption of the mainstream users. Right. I guess from Binance's perspective or the Binance Soft's perspective as an investor, we also have the mission of raising the adoption of crypto. And we're working with a lot of portfolio companies that we have who are public blockchains or layer two solutions. So one of the initiatives that we are having is our global blockchain gaming hackathon called Game Oasis Hackathon. And we're hitting four major cities, um, Shanghai, Seoul, Bangalore, and San Francisco in that order, in order to engage these talented gaming developers to blockchain. And each of these city chapters will consist of 48 hours of hackathon 
which the teams will be tasked to build a game based on a given topic related to blockchain gaming. Top three winners of each on-site hackathon will be presented with prizes, and we will provide marketing support from Binance and Binance Apps. Listeners, if you are interested in learning more, please check out Game Oasis Hackathon on Binance Blog. And I guess we'll be working with together with you, Vincent, on this too. Yeah, that's really cool. I'll definitely join the Shanghai events in, in two weeks later, and I'll, I'll go to Seoul, the Seoul one at the end of the September. So, Wonderful. Yeah, I would like to see the talented game developers to with the creative ideas and to really build up something interesting. And also for listeners, if you are really interested into the devs and want to check out some newest blockchain games and the data, uh, welcome to visit dev.review. All right. This is the time we have for today. Thank you, Vincent, for sharing your insights. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, for all developers or project teams looking for funding or opportunity working with, okay, I'll do this again. All right, this is the time we have for today. Thank you, Vincent, for sharing your insights. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. For all developers or project teams looking for funding or opportunities to work in with finance as an investment opportunity, please check out labs.finance.com or contact us at labs.finance.com anytime. Thank you. Thank you.